Inspired by a podcast brought to you by Six. Hello, I'm Hannah Wise, and this is Inspired by. In this podcast series, I invite experts from Six and other representatives from the Financial Centre to talk about their inspirations. My guest today is Sven Siat, who is Head Connectivity at Six. It's good to have you here with us today, Sven. Hey, Anna. Good to be with you. Now, I'm very intrigued by your job title, Head Connectivity. But before I ask you about that, I think uh, we should lay the foundations. Who is your inspiration today? Yeah. Um, person that um, uh, that I'm inspired by is Valkyrie Bottas. Um, I actually got interested in Formula One. Uh, through the Netflix show, uh, like probably many people. Um, and uh, what I find fascinating about him is that he is not the loudest or the flashiest driver. But to me, he rather stands out by being an ambitious athlete that puts his team first. And, and he generally seems like a ground and down-to-earth person, which I think in the Formula One kind of circus, uh, it's, this is quite outstanding. And is it a love of Formula One that led to you to this series, or is this a complete by chance Netflix stumble upon? Yeah, this is really the Netflix algorithm uh, proposing it to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a diehard F1 fan, um, but you know what's unique is is two things um, for me. What stands out is this: it's the dedication, drive, and and the mental fitness. The drivers need to have, I mean, it's 20 seats uh, to be a driver and, and a lot of people in the world want to have that seat. And then the other one, the other fascinating element is that team effort. You know, you always see the driver, but actually um, it's only if the team works together and uh, and uh, really clicks, every each part really works together. That's when only then they can achieve great things. So I, I find it quite fascinating, even though. Uh, I, I don't have, uh, you know, uh, gasoline in my blood, as they say. <laughs> and and Bottas really stands out to you, as you say, because of his kind of down to earth attitude, because this series kind of follows lots of different people and you can mm-hmm. kind of see all the different personalities and how and how they come together as a team. And I would say that obviously Formula One doesn't on the face of it have much to do with your job. But maybe mm. I'm completely wrong. I mean, what is head connectivity? What does that mean? Yeah, I definitely don't drive at uh, 250 miles an hour. Um, uh, what I do is I um, I lead a team which, uh, at the core, we believe that that finance and banking, as it is today, uh, can and actually should be more innovative. So um, what we currently see is um, that the banks come up with innovation on their own. And we believe that's outdated. So my team, we bring together banks and fintechs working together on a platform, a secure platform that allows them to innovate together. And the buzzword that uh, is being used for this is open banking or also open finance sometimes. So open banking is the way that more traditional banks work with technology and fintech in general, right? Yeah. Uh, The way I explain it is that it simply means that with my permission, my bank can share my data with a fintech or another service that wants to provide um, a new feature, a new service for me. So one good example is there are apps that can analyze my CO2 footprint and they can help me make more sustainable decisions. But the best way to do this, to do the analysis, is if I give them access to my 
spending data, so my transaction data on my bank account. And with open banking, this is possible. Uh, the CO2 footprint analysis app can access my bank data through open banking through these interfaces, always with full control on my side. All right, and it's this connection part, you know, the bit between the, the traditional bank and, and the fintechs. This is where you come in. Yes, this is where we build a platform that, that enables that. We call it B-Link, uh, B, the best link. Uh, that's what the B stands for between banks and fintechs. And what we enable is basically banks and fintechs can come together. And what we enable is that they can uh, share securely um, and only with parties that are um, of a certain quality um, and only with the consent of the data owner, they can share that data. So it really is the, the basis for this innovation between banks and fintechs to, uh, to take. So why do we need a platform to do all this? Why can't a bank just connect with a fintech or a fintech connect with the bank themselves? The way we look at it is that banks and fintechs, they will connect with a lot of these different services. And the moment that you have to connect to not one, but five, 10, 20 counterparties, there's a lot of, um, lot of work that comes into, uh, into it. So you have, to, um, you have to contract with each of the counterparties. A bank needs to go into do due diligence with each counterparty to make sure that they're sharing Swiss data only with, um, with um, uh, third parties that are set up properly. Um, so this is where we can come in in the middle and we can take over those um, uh, those pieces of the connection and we can make it more efficient if we have the billing platform in the middle. So it really makes it scalable. All right. So it, you're a facilitator. Okay. So exactly. It makes it much easier for people to do this. And why is that so important? As I mentioned, uh, our core belief is that really the innovation comes not only from banks, but we see, uh, we see a lot of fintechs that are taking a different approach coming up with new services, but a lot of the time, it really needs a connection to the bank account to make it really a valuable service, to make it efficient. And uh, in the example of the CO2 footprint analysis, to make the analysis really worthwhile, customized to my footprint, and then help me to also guide me in the next step to make really relevant decisions how to improve my footprint. So for example, you could read in my transactions that I might be uh, I might be driving um, uh, might be driving a traditional car, and they could uh, propose to um, to switch to an electric car. So, if you have the connection to the data, you can make it much more customized to the to to the client. Okay, so I'm starting to now pull together the parallels between Formula One and open banking. Well, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> this is this kind of idea of innovation and working together, right? Yeah, um, when I think about it, it's maybe Formula One is is about using innovation to become better, and, and in that case, it's it's driving faster. Um, when you look at open banking, it's not necessarily trying to be faster, but uh, to really use um, all of the innovative power. So fintech, the ideas of fintechs, these new services that they bring, combined with banking to make ultimately the life of, of bank uh, bank clients easier and more efficient. And, and I think there's really um, a parallel. Maybe in regulation and standardization, I think also F1 and, and open banking, they have uh, uh, similarities. In F1, you could say uh, a lot of the regulation is for the safety of the driver. 
in open banking, uh, we have a lot of safety that we put in place, uh, but here it's really to keep the client's data safe. So I think this is how far as, as I can see the parallels between F1 and open banking. And, and I guess standards are important, but is, is a common standard worth it when it comes to open banking? I can see it's, it's of utmost importance if one to keep everybody safe, but is, is a common standard worth it for open banking? It really is. Standards are key. Um, you have to imagine um, these open data interfaces. In the end, it's really like plugs that allow you to connect to certain data types. And if you imagine if you own a house, different example, and every room, there's a different plug in the wall. And now you invite a third party to come along and help you in that house. How are they going to plug in their tools? Uh, so it's really important. And we have done that with, you know, our electrical plug in the wall. We have standardized that. So really any tool can connect and get electricity. So this is the work that we're now doing in also standardizing the APIs, which are basically the plugs. It stands for Application Programming Interface. Uh, and these mm -hmm. plugs we need to standardize and make sure that it's as easy as possible to get access. All right, so Switzerland here, your B-Link is kind of one of the platforms. Are you the only mm. platform that does this? Um, you know, how, what is the role of Switzerland in general in, in helping make these standards? Yeah, we're definitely one of the leading platforms there. there um, other platforms which we, uh, by the way, cooperate with, um, you know, Swisscom has a, um, has a solution in that area, Finova, Inventix, they're key players. But right now it's really about cooperating to build up all of the required um, foundation that we need. So it's not really about competing, but it's more about collaborating. Um, and if you look at um, how, do we, uh, how do we get to those standards, what we set up in Switzerland is, um, is a governance where we have the Swiss FinTech Innovation, it's an association, uh, short SFTI, and they are coordinating all of the groups that get together and define, you know, how should the standard for credit cards, um, uh, credit and debit cards look like? How should the standard, if we want to optimize the tax, uh, uh, how we declare taxes, how should that look like? The SFTI um, regulates that. And then we have the Swiss Bankers Association and they align with international bodies because we're not only doing this in Switzerland, but you also have to coordinate with the international bodies. And to be honest, it took us a while to set up this governance. So you could say we, you could say we didn't have a good start into the race, um, but now that it's in place, we've proven that we can actually innovate quite quickly. Uh, we've shown that with the OpenWealth uh, API, this is a standard for wealth management. And there we were actually the fastest uh, on a global level to to define the standard and actually bring it live on the Beam platform. And what about the importance of team playing? Um, we talked about that when it come, came to Formula One, because that's obviously a team sport, despite the driver attention. How important is that team to you? Obviously, if you're collaborating with other um, platforms and you're creating mm -hmm. uh, these standards, the regulation, making it easier, but I mean, maybe on even a smaller scale, you know, how important is teamwork in this kind of in this kind of field? Yeah, this this really is one of the um, the biggest challenges uh, that I see, and it's about a mindset. Um, it's about a mindset that um, you come from uh, a mindset where a bank used to own the client. The client's data was within the bank safely and secure and, and almost never left that. Um, and now we're talking uh, and we're connecting with B-Link 
banks that work together with fintechs and they need to figure out if they combine their value proposition, something new can come out of it. Um, and there it's really key that, um, that uh, you get used to um, a new way of working. And, and this is by the way, uh, why in my team, we have a lot of people that, uh, that came up in banking, had, uh, had some years experience in banking, and then some went into the startup world, uh, some startups didn't work out, and now they're within our team. And this is key because we need to be able to understand both sides and communicate and, and also bring those sides together. So it's communication is really key. Yeah, I wonder when you when you talk about these kind of two different sides to things, two very different sides, I imagine, you know, with traditional banking on one side and then fintech on the other. I imagine that a lot of this is driven driven from the, the fintech side. Um, how important is it, though, for the more traditional banks to prepare for open banking? Are they open to it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's driven from the fintech side. It's also if you look um, in uh, in the corporate world and, and the SMEs, they have accounting tools and they are going to banks and say, I have this accounting tool and I want to connect it to my bank account. And if you do not offer this to me, I will switch bank accounts. So there's also the push from the client side. Not uh, we should not forget that. And and within the when you look at the bank space, I think there's there's a range um, as always. We have early movers, which actually banks where they in, initiated this project. So UBS, Credit Suisse, Sector B, they came to SIX and said, we should do something um, in this field. Um, they were looking over at the European Union, the regulator was being active. So a bank started, uh, were initiating this project. And we're now seeing, especially this year, we have the commitment uh, from four banks uh, joining B-Link. Um, but to be fair, uh, it, it took uh, two years to get to that point. So it really, uh, as I said, it's a mindset shift and that mindset shift starts within the bank and they need to see what's their uh, position um, in this new world of open banking and it just takes a little while, but we see definitely uh, the traction picking up. So quite potentially a turning point for finance, this, this idea of open banking, but I guess maybe um, this is the kind of Swiss side to things that, you know, it takes a while. There's a lot mm -hmm. of groundwork that needs to be laid, but once once it's there and once we start to get people on board, you know, it, it goes very quickly. This is what we definitely uh, work for. And this is what we now seeing, as I said, the four banks are joining. I think what is crucial, the, what we observe in Switzerland is the government is following this very closely. And what they have said is that they are observing the progress um, and they want to see continued progress. And they also then added the, uh, this little sentence which said, if it doesn't go as quickly as we want, we are ready to consider regulation. So um, it's really now up to the banks to step up and really get involved in open banking and make the first steps um, to, to also avoid and, and not having the regulator to step in and, and uh, mandate this because overall, why is this important? Um, mm -hmm. We see banking and finance in other markets move that way. And that means um, that in the future, if we want to keep um, our competitiveness, it's key that we also start moving in that direction. All right, now I need to ask you, with this kind of, you know, the, the fact that you've kind of um, found some af affiliation with this this F1 driver, will you start watching Formula One a little bit more in the future? You know, this is the this is the big discussion that I have with my girlfriend because we <laughs> obviously we want to keep all of the all of the news uh, when for when the new season in Netflix starts, 
but okay. yeah, we can't help we can't help to check uh, check how how uh, Walter Bottas is doing because um, it's quite fascinating that uh, that he has been kicked off from the team that he's worked so hard for and it, it must have seemed in that moment like the worst day of his life and actually he found the the way of motivating himself and now he's with a new team and seems to uh, have the best time of his life so it's uh, we we sneak in and watch sometimes uh, but we really look okay. forward to get then the, the netflix experience uh, the oh, year i love after. it i love it now if you could meet him then what would you ask him if you could meet him in real life yeah um i think it would really be you know there's this one moment where the the uh, the team leader of mercedes total wolf he tells him after five years of really putting uh, Lewis Hamilton, number one, making sure the team does as good as uh, as possible. Uh, the team lead tells him they're going to let Valtteri Bottas go and they're going to get a new younger guy. And this oh. must have been, this must have felt devastating. Mm. So I would ask him, like, how do you wake up the next morning after that meeting and how do you find the strength and what goes on in your mind? Uh, how do you find the strength to move on? Uh, mm. Because as we now know, uh, there was really good ahead of him. But in that moment, you don't know, right? In that moment, you have to pick yourself up and, and push yourself and motivate yourself. So it'd be fascinating to see what, how does he put the, the mindset together after such a meeting. All right, well, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much, Sven, for joining us. Thank you. Anna, thank you. And thank you very much as well for joining us for this episode of The Six Podcast. And until next time, stay inspired. And you can hear more about inspiring leaders by downloading the six podcast series available wherever you get your podcasts.